Yep, you've made it to the right place. Let me be the first to welcome you to the Verily Joy podcast. I'm your host, Lola Martin, and here at Verily Joy, we encourage one another to pursue our passions and seek authentic, long-lasting joy. Stay tuned for honest conversations surrounding faith, wellness, careers, beauty, and everything in between. Now, without further ado, let's get going with today's episode. All right, we're recording, and I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad that you're here um, because I'm just super pumped for this episode and for um, the guest that I have on here. Her name is Emily Harple. Is that how you pronounce your last name? Yes, it is. Harple. I'm going to let her introduce herself before we dive into conversation. Perfect. Yes, so like Lola said, my name is Emily Harple. I am... currently live in Atchison, Kansas, which is near Benedictine College, where I went to college. Um, But I'm originally from Denver, Colorado. Uh, Went to Catholic school my whole life, just a cradle Catholic, and ended up going to Benedictine College to study theology and youth ministry. Um, And yeah, and so then my year, or after I graduated, this was like two years ago I graduated, I became a missionary with the Culture Project. And so I was able to work with middle school and high school students, giving talks on different things, but specifically based in chastity and theology of the body and the dignity of the human person. Um, And that just, that year was just really formational for me. I I loved working with the students. I loved giving talks and um, yeah. So now I'm kind of just kind of continuing that a little bit, trying to do things on my own. I actually now work for Sarah Swafford and Emotional Virtue Ministries. Um, so she's kind of been a mentor to me this year. I just get to kind of work with her and, and learn from her and in, in all aspects of life, which is really great. And so, yeah, so I have an Instagram account called Emily Marie Glorify, um, where I just kind of connect with people and try to share things about the faith and specifically love working with young women. Um, which is kind of the topic here, why we're, we're talking about this today. That's why I'm so, what I'm so passionate about. So, yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Emily. Yeah. Um, so glad to have you on here. Um, Emily is one of those, another one of those like virtual friendships that <laughs> I've acquired over the last few months, which I'm super grateful for. But when I first asked her to um, be on the podcast, I was like, it's totally up to you with what you want to talk about. And the first thing she said was, oh, I love talking about femininity and the feminine genius or theology of the body. Um, And I just love hearing people talk about what they're passionate about. It's something that like fuels me and brings me so much joy Um, and just like encourages me to be, to sort of learn more about what other people enjoy. Um, So as you can see from the title, we're going to be talking about the feminine genius, which um, we have talked about in a previous episode, not fully, but it was in an episode called um, The Irreplaceable Role of a Woman, I think was the title with Abby Huddeman, um, which was super awesome. You guys should check that one out as well. But um, yeah, we're going to be diving into the feminine genius, just having a free flowing, really awesome conversation Mm -hmm. Um, and just learning what it is, why women should learn about it, why women should um, invest in it and really take firm hold, a firm hold of it in their lives. So yeah, let's just jump straight into that if you're ready, Emily. Yeah, of course. I'm excited. So how would you describe to somebody um, who's never heard of the feminine genius? What is it? What is the feminine genius? What is the feminine genius? Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I guess kind of going backwards of where that phrase has come from, um, a lot of people know the phrase from John Paul II's writings on women, um, talking about this feminine genius, and he would use that term. It's kind of like blown up a lot now, and a lot of people throw it around and use it in different ways, but but what does it really mean? And and if you look at John Paul II's writings and his teachings, which actually were all inspired by St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross, um, Edith Stein, she actually wrote a lot about women. He, I've, I've researched that a lot of what he has to say comes from her as well. So it's really cool how they have learned from each other. And those are my two favorite saints. So I, um, for obvious reasons, right. Talking about all these things, but mm-hmm. anyways, that's kind of a background of where that term has been coming from. But what John Paul II says in that is that the feminine genius is this inherent ability that women have just like this inherent like difference about women where it's like a genius, right? So like they're able to, we, they, we are able to, um, you know, see the person in a different way than men are. That's kind of like this genius of women. It goes down to that ability to see and receive the person. There's actually like four kind of aspects of the feminine genius that a lot of people talk about. And those are, I wrote them down, so I remember, (laughs) receptivity, sensitivity, generosity, and maternity. And that John Paul II talks about how these like um, traits or these aspects of, of women are inherent within every woman. Um, and that's what sets us apart from men is that we have this ability to see the person and to be receptive, to be sensitive to the person, to be generous. And then ultimately, right, that is like stamped in our bodies as women in, in that ability to be mothers and to the ability to have that maternal instinct and all those different things. Um, so John Paul II, he talks about these things because he, I love how he talks about how it's like a genius, like it's something that's mm. genius and that's special for women, because sometimes those phrases might have a negative connotation, like generosity, or not generosity, but like sensitivity or receptivity. It might sound like somebody is just like, we just like are letting people walk all over us or, you know, we're like too sensitive or anything like that. But he builds it up as like a beautiful aspect of woman. Right. So it's this this, um, beautiful ability and it's all rooted in our ability to see the person in front of us um, Mm -hmm. and to receive the person in front of us. And that's, like I said, stamped into our bodies from our, you know, our female anatomy and being able to house life in our bodies. It like manifests as well in our in our emotions and our personalities, all those kind of things. So it's kind of like a long winded with that. But um, some background on the feminine genius, those four words are just really what a lot of people turn to. And my favorite to talk about is the receptivity as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's like central to it all. But yeah. 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 I really think that's so beautiful. Um, I, I learned about the feminine genius for the first time last year. It was the first time I'd ever heard about it. Um, we learned about it in our formation at my, at my ministry at Florida state. And I thought it was, cause I was, I was just a freshman entering college. I, I didn't know who I was, who I was um, created to be or what it even meant to be a woman. I I kind of had an idea, but it wasn't anything like what um, St. John Paul II describes in The Feminine Genius. Um, But really, I loved learning about, like you said, the four aspects, maternity, sensitivity, receptivity, and generosity. I also had to write them down. (laughs) Yeah, I wanted to dive in a little bit as well to, Emily, why are you so passionate about this? Why is it that you decided to take a mission year with the Culture Project and and have this be at your at the core of what you do? Yeah, I've, like, I've very much been on a, like, 
quest to have an answer to that question, like even in my own life, like what is it about this that has been so impactful to me or why am I passionate about it? Um, and I think it, it all goes back to um, something that I share about a lot online and that I, I talk about in when I was a culture project missionary and different things is that I struggled with like personal chastity when I was younger um, with things like pornography and different things like that. And um, it was a big part of my life. And I, I kind of I see how a lot of times that that struggle had like a masculine connotation to it or it was like seen as as a masculine thing. Um, and I was a very like feminine person and I really struggled with that. Like I was struggling with this like toss up of like, who am I? Why do I have these struggles? Like, why do I kind of relate more to men in these struggles? If that makes sense, you know? Um, and I think that was like the heart of it all. That's really what caused me to become a culture project missionary was I had seen this hurt that I had experienced and not knowing how to handle these things and not knowing, like not having like a good, uh, viewpoint on on gender on sexuality or anything like that um sexuality and everything was a very like negative thing to me when I was younger because of that um and what's beautiful is like sexuality is so like um inherent in all of us right it is so like central to all of us that once you start to find freedom from those things and once you start to see it in a beautiful light it only just brings so much joy to your entire life right um and that's kind of what my story was, is I, I was able to find freedom from all those things. Praise the Lord. Like, thanks be to God. And um, and kind of in that, in that healing, I just had this desire to help other people as well, and especially help women with that specific struggle. And I really think that it goes back down to the root of the issue in a lot of ways is not understanding our, like, the beauty of our sexuality and the beauty of our femininity. And that desire that we have for love, that desire we have for relationship, you know, the desire we have to house new life within us, right? Like those, like those are all things that I think is related to it. And so that's how I kind of started getting passionate about it. Um, when I was in college, I did the Feminine Genius Bible Study uh, that Focus has with my Bible study that I led. I was a Bible study leader. And I remember having this frustration with, um, not frustration, but I was always kind of like looking at like, some of the girls would come to me and they would say, like, this doesn't resonate with me. Like, I'm not super feminine. I'm not super, I don't want to be a mom, like, or I'm not sure if I want to be a mom. It's not like what I want and, and all those different things. And I think that's a common thing you hear from women today. And a lot of people struggling with that as well. But what's beautiful about John Paul II's teachings, once you study them and learn them more, is that he talks about how this um, feminine genius or this uh, inherent you know, desire for motherhood or all those different things is lived out in every aspect or should be lived out in every aspect of our society, um, no matter what our passions are or what our jobs are or anything like that. He basically talks about how we need women everywhere because of that special ability to see the person. Um, and sorry, this kind of, I feel like I'm kind of rambling there, but like okay. what he says about that is that like, okay, <laughs> no matter like if you feel called to physical motherhood, or if you feel like you're very feminine or anything like that, just in the simple fact that you are a woman means that you have something to offer this world in bringing back humanity to the world, you know, bringing back um, just a recognition of the goodness of the person. That's something that women can teach the world in every aspect of our society, you know? And so when I would hear girls talk about that, I always like wanted to be able to convey to other people that no matter what you're passionate about, no matter what you're, if you're like more of a tomboy or if you're more of a girly girl, you know, anything like that, the feminine genius uh, is something that you should 
pray about and something that you should ask the Lord. How is he asking you to manifest this in your life? Like, how is he asking you to bring your femininity into the world? Um, whether that's like in a much more public space or whether that's just with like your individual friends and family, um, you know, what is it, what is it, what is it that he's calling you to in that regard? And so, yeah, I just, I've just like had a passion lately to really help women find that and and to teach people about that because I think some people might like shy away from the term or you know they might not feel like that's like something that they can live out um but I don't think that's true I think that once we learn how to live it out in our particular way of life or in our particular personality then we find so much freedom because we are like living in that identity as as women and as a daughter you know um and so, yeah, so that's like kind of why I'm passionate about it. It's like all over the place, I guess. Yeah. but um, yeah. No, I love that. And thanks for sharing part of your story. Really, I've, I've found that when other people are vulnerable, it, it really inspires others to want to step into their story and, and learn from it, um, which is awesome. So thank you so much for sharing. Um, but something yeah. I love that I want to touch on about what you said is that obviously we've been talking about how the feminine genius is is at our core. It's inherent and it's always been at our core. And it's something that the world actually needs. And that's something that I love about what St. John Paul II um, taught is that, um, yeah, that this teaching of the feminine genius is something that is incredibly like pro woman and it's like women like it's so like pro women empowerment like it's amazing and and which i don't know every time we get into the topic of like uh like catholics aren't pro woman at all i'm like oh like if you could just learn about the feminine genius like and and see how pro woman that is um you would just know that um yeah the church really takes pride and takes a firm hold on women um, and who they are and the gifts that they have, which is awesome. But I wanted to ask you that um, even in today's society and time, um, is it still possible for a woman to authentically discover who she's meant to be? I know it's, it's hard um, for women to do that, especially if they're just learning about the feminine genius or have some confusions or um, questions about it, but is it possible for a woman to discover who she's meant to be? Yeah, I definitely, definitely think it's possible. Um, you know, kind of looking at the world today, another time when this became a passion of mine was I was, uh, I minored in political um, science. And so I was in a political science class called marriage and family politics, which was really awesome. And I went to a awesome Catholic university. So it was like rooted in a lot of goodness and truth and different things. But um, I did a project on feminism and I, I, I kind of wrote my research paper for that class on feminism and, and the movements of that. And something that was really interesting to me while I was researching for it was I was looking around online of like, what does it mean to be a woman? Because I think that's a question that a lot of women have, right? They're trying to find this full potential of, of their womanhood um, you know, it's something that I think a lot of people question and, and wrestle with because it's it's so rooted in us. It's so central to us. Um, and it was really interesting because I, um, when I was researching it, and I was looking at totally secular news sites and different things. It said, um, a lot of them said that being a woman has nothing to do with your body, which is the mindset of, of the world today, right? That being a woman has nothing to do with your body. It's kind of just like whatever you want it to be. Um, 
and that directly you know conflicts with what John Paul II is teaching that like the power of women comes in our bodies the power of women comes in these things mm-hmm. and so I think it's really important for women to to fully realize their potential I think it's important to maybe undo some of those mindsets that have been so kind of projected on us or just or things that we hear about all the different all the time right and really just like enter into like who am I um, what are my strengths what is my personality what are my desires um, and what is it about like those things that are specifically like female about me, I guess, if that makes sense. Like, like I really, I think it's a journey that a lot of people can pray about um, and find a lot of freedom from. Cause, cause like I said before, it's something that's lived out in all different aspects. Um, but as John Paul II would say, it's like inherent within us. So if we really just start to like reflect and, and look at our passions, look at these things, look at our desires, I think that the Lord will reveal his plan for our femininity you know, and, and how he wants us to use it in the world. Um, and so I think that's like something that you could do is just like reflect, look at those things. And um, yeah, I guess if that makes sense. And and also with your last comment before the question, I, I always love talking to people about this because studying theology, when people say that the church hates women or the church is like not uh, about women or anything like that, it's really funny uh, to me to hear that because in theology, the church is considered a woman right like you hear the the terms mother church in theology they talk about the church using like female pronouns and different things like that and it's just like crazy to think of like the church actually has the woman at such a high standard because in in a sense it is woman like it's a female thing and that comes from our receptivity right like that the church receives christ in the eucharist and and so it's all like rooted in that um and so the church, like women have to teach other Christians, women have to teach the world how to be receptive of God, right? Like we have that inherent ability to be receptive. And so it's our responsibility to teach others about that as well, you know? And so that's kind of like another like little tidbit that I love talking about as well as like literally in Catholic theology, woman is like the highest, you know, and mother, and if you can talk about like Mary, right? Like, yeah. like women, like females are held in such high esteem you know and that's different than most other religions or different things like that right like that we actually do hold a lot of uh, women in high esteem so yeah. that's just another little tidbit I wanted to add that you yeah, made me yeah. think of I love yeah. that little tidbit like yeah the fact that the church holds women to such a high esteem is beautiful because I always think about Mary as well like like she a woman literally carried the king of the universe like our lord right. and savior and it's sad when um, we look at our world and we're like, okay, if we look at the fact that a woman um, carried somebody so important to us um, and we're not seeing the value of that and the beauty of that, then we're missing out on like what God has in store for women and what God has to say about the beauty and value of woman. Um, and I, ever since I learned about that, I, I just have been like blown away and I always thought that about every every time I lose any sense of what I have as as woman I I pray about that and I ask Mary for her intercession and I really just ponder and reflect on Mary's beauty um, because we can learn a lot from her because she is the most perfect woman um totally so Yeah. And something else I wanted to touch on, which is really funny. I have my notes next to me about from last year, my first year in college when we were learning about the feminine genius. And um, I have the notes from the first talk, which was like the overview of the feminine genius. And 
I wrote something down that I just read and it made me chuckle a little bit, but the speaker said that um, before uh, Pope John Paul II made decisions for the church, he always asked a woman because he knew about um, her feminine intuition that Mm. she had, um, which is so awesome. Like that's crazy. And um, ever since I learned about that, I have been yeah, I have been holding my own feminine intuition to like a very high esteem. Like I know it's something yes. that like not in a prideful way, but just like, wow, like this is something to rejoice in. The fact that I have yeah. these gifts as women, um, that it's just within me and yeah. knowing that the world needs it um, makes me look at myself and other women and just in, from a completely different perspective, which is beautiful. Oh my gosh. Amen. And and just this thought popped in my head of like, I don't want to ever negate the fact that I think for a long time that femi- feminine intuition was maybe like stifled or, you know, not held in esteem like within the church and or, or different things, you know, and that's where we see a lot of the struggles of today. Um, but I think that the, the, the healing doesn't come in trying to like overpower male intuitions or, or anything like that, but in really like coming together and being able to share those things. And so that example of John Paul II is beautiful because you know, he's such a powerful man, um, but he did, you know, he had studied the feminine genius, he had studied the feminine intuition, and he knew that that was important in decision making as well. Um, And that's just the beauty of relationship. That's the beauty of marriage, uh, the male male and female complementarity, you know. Um, So yeah, that's really awesome. Yeah. And it's funny, because I remember the semester after learning that it was around Christmas break, and I had gone back to my hometown. And I remember volunteering at my church, at my home parish. This is just another little funny story that Mm -hmm. reminded me. But I was helping my pastor, um, like, rearrange the the church and, like, the choir section and different, like, the ambo and different things. And he was – I remember him moving around, like, the rug. This is a really random story, but (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> I love it. Moving around like the rug and the ambo and like where and the piano and like where everything went. And it was him and another one of the maintenance guys like moving everything mm-hmm. around. And I think I was like helping like vacuum the church. I was like on the other side of the church. And I remember him like calling my name. <laughs> it was an empty church. It was like a Saturday morning, but he was calling my name from the other side of the church. He's like, oh, come here. And I was like, oh, okay, like, am I in trouble? Um, and I go to where he is. He's like, do you like the way this looks? Like, do you like <laughs> the way this is, like, set up? And I'm like, you called me over here for that? He's like, yeah. And I, like, helped him. I was like, yeah, like, it looks good right there or, or looks better right there. He was like, oh, okay, like, I'll move it then. And I let, like, I turned around and left and I'm like, he called me from the other side of the church <laughs> to ask for his opinion on how the choir section of a church should be set up, <laughs> which like him, it was just like him and another man. Like he, right. for all I know, he could have just left it how he wanted, but he asked for the opinion of a woman. Yeah. And I wouldn't have like, if it weren't for my, me learning about the feminine genius that whole semester prior. Yeah. Learning about like that little tidbit of like a, a woman's intuition, I would have never known <laughs> that it was that. Yeah. Or he like recognized that he needed that from you in that moment. Yeah. Or I think it's like a, it's, yeah, it's an inherent thing. Like I, when you were talking about that, I was always thinking about when I was in college, um, my senior year, 
I lived with my four best friends. So there are five of us in a house and it, our house just became the place where everybody hung out. And I remember the guys, they were always like, why is your place just so different? You know, like, what is it? And we would always be like, well, lamps, throw pillows, like, like fun little things like that. Um, but I think this is, it's like a practical ability that women have of creating a space for people to just, to be received, right? Like, like even like physical space for people to be received. Um, that ability, I think John Paul II even talks about this is like, we have a special like intuition for beauty and a special ability to you know, see beauty and a special ability to be beautiful, like in a different way. Um, but yeah, creating that space and creating the environment, I think it's something that it's just like natural for men to kind of be, you know, you know, to turn to when they need that or when they need like a space or they need to feel at home or at rest. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's really cool. That's a cool example. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I also live right now in a house of um, four other women. We have um, we have St. Paul's outreach at our campus awesome. um, and we have women, men's and women's households. So there's two women's households and two men's households. And every time people come into my house, they're like, oh, my gosh, this is such a warm and welcoming environment. Yeah. Not that it's not warm and welcoming at the men's households, but <laughs> it's different when it's different. Yeah by women it's really different and it's, it's like you said we have just that ability to to carry beauty and to just like share it with other people in a special way and in the simplest way of like like opening up your home to other people which is so yeah and it's powerful like another example I don't know have you seen the chosen series by chance it's like no, the I okay everybody should watch it that is listening to this uh you should watch it it's so good and it's kind of um walking through the life of Jesus and, and, um, hopefully season two is coming out soon. So everybody get caught up on season one, but something that I recognized in it is the power that a lot of the, there's a lot of wives in it, um, of different characters and whatnot. And, and you really see that the, they portray women and having this like power, um, for both evil and for goodness. Right. And like turning the men to make decisions that are good, that like turn them towards Jesus in the, in the show or those that turn them away, you know, and kind of uh, talking about that. And so there's like great power in femininity. There's great power in women um, and it can be used for good or bad. And that's kind of what's up to each one of us to decide is like, how are we going to going to use this? Are we going to use it as something that steers people towards the Lord and steers people towards goodness and truth or something that like steers them away from him, um, which is really, I think, really crazy to see. So watch the, watch the show and get back to me about that because, because there's something I picked up on. Maybe it's just because my mindset is always on looking at femininity. And but honestly, what <laughs> better mindset to have? <laughs> honestly. Like, it's like the most perfect mindset to have. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> uh, which is why I wanted women to, or just my listeners to learn about the feminine genius because yeah. the majority of my listeners are women. And I'm like, okay, if this is at the core of who we are, like, why would I not want to share this and invite yeah. someone to talk about this? So, yeah. yeah. So good. So good. Last thing I wanted to touch on, and yeah, we could probably talk about this for hours because this material is so dense, which is uh, probably why I love it a lot. But we talked about at the beginning how there's four aspects of the feminine genius can you briefly go over those again and maybe give like a couple sentence descriptions of each of them? Yeah, I would love that. So um, 
receptivity is the one that I kind of focus on the most when I, like I've given talks on this. I gave a talk on campus at Benedictine uh, a few months ago. And receptivity is the one that I talk about the most, I think, because it's kind of central to a lot of it. Um, but receptivity is that like, it's written in our bodies, like I said, to house and nurture and bring new life into this world. And that's something that is given to women only. Like it's a, it's a gift given to women only. Um, and that manifests in our ability to see other people. And so with receptivity, um, it, like I said, it's my favorite thing to, uh, favorite thing of the feminine genius to talk about, because, um, I think it's how we can live it out really practically. So a practical example of living out receptivity, um, is something that you and I just talked about of like vulnerability as well. Um, something that I've seen in, in building up the women around me and how other women have built me up is by either giving me the opportunity to receive them. So being vulnerable with me, um, and like providing the space for me to be able to like receive them and live into my feminine genius or me in turn being vulnerable with others and then allowing them to receive me and then building them up as well. Um, and so I've just seen how that's like played out in my feminine friendships a lot. Um, when one of us broke like the silence on something we were struggling with and we're vulnerable, we were able to like build each other up so much more and have that experience of receiving each other. Um, receiving those around us. So I think that re receptivity kind of comes down to the, that inherent ability to see the person, right. That John Paul II says like women see the person as a, in a way that men don't. Um, and that goes down to that receptivity that's in our bodies as well. Um, sensitivity, uh, it's kind of similar to that. I feel like this is one that might have like a negative connotation, right. Cause you hear like women are very like emotional or sensitive or anything like that. Right. And a lot of times that has a negative um, connotation, but I think that it's also rooted in that receptivity. A lot of them kind of go hand in hand, well, obviously, cause they are all aspects of women, but they go hand in hand, but that sensitivity of being like sensitive to the person. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure there's been experiences of people, whether it's like a crying, whether you're at like a mall and a baby starts crying and you're with like guys and girls and all the girls are like, oh, like, you know, like they're like sensitive to it. Like they recognize it. And it's like different than men do. Or even if like a friend is really hurt and you kind of like go to a you want to go to a woman generally because they're like more like sensitive to it and like recognizing that like, like kind of um, sympathetic to you and different things. Um, I would say that's an aspect of sensitivity. It's not like a negative thing, but it's a, it's kind of using our emotions in a good way. And, um, you know, men need to learn from women how to have healthy emotions too, you know, like, um, that's something that is generally given or looked at as a female quality more is like being more emotional and things, which men need to learn how to be more emotional and women need to learn how to be more like, you know, level-headed and different things. And that's how we can learn from each other. But I think that's sensitivity um generosity I'm trying to think of a good way to like talk about generosity um again this is all rooted in our ability to see the person so generosity I would say kind of goes to you know John Paul II calls on all women to be in every aspect of our society right he talks about how women should be in politics women should be in business and in the home they should be teaching they should be doctors um and I think it's that like generous nature that women have to again recognize the value of the person and to give all that we can to the person and give all that we can to um, building up those around us. Um, and 
yeah, I mean, this all kind of goes into maternity. Now, the more I talk about it, the maternity is the most central one. Like receptivity is the one that I focus on, but maternity, I think is the most central one is that like that inherent ability to be mothers um, is something that is lived out in all these other aspects as well, or something that is connected to all these other aspects, right? That we are like generous, that we are, you know, you just think of a mom with her kids and like how she gives of herself that like self gift to her children, that gift of time, that gift of, you know, like really denying yourself um, and being generous is something that is an inherent aspect of femininity. And it's all wrapped up in that maternity as well. So I feel like maternity coverage and all the different things. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's better ways to break them down, but receptivity is the one that I normally focus on because of, I just think it's also really just central to that maternity. And yeah. Thanks, Emily. Um yeah. Yeah, so there you guys have it. Maternity, sensitivity, receptivity, and generosity are, I would say, the four pillars of the feminine genius. Mm -hmm. Um, And one last question I would ask you is, if somebody wanted to learn more about the feminine genius, where would be a good place to do that? Yeah. Um, Gosh, I'm looking at my bookshelf right next to me because I usually have lots of different things on my bookshelf. the first thing that I would say is um, really go to the source. Like John Paul II's writings on this are really, really incredible. So the one that is often used, um, and it's a shorter writing, it's called His Letter to Women. Um, you can find it on the Vatican website. Pretty short, um, just really beautiful. And it was written before uh, a huge like uh, conference on women empowerment or different things was happening. I don't remember what year it was, but um, he kind of wrote it in response to that of, of like recognizing the beauty and power of women. Um, and then he actually wrote an encyclical on women called Mulieris Dignitatem, which is on the dignity and vocation of women. So that one's a little longer, but it um, is just beautiful. And it's beautiful that those things come straight from the church. They come straight from, you know, the chair of Peter. Um, and it has a lot of really interesting things there. Uh, I would say look into Edith Stein as well, because she was his inspiration. I think there's a book that she has um, on that. Um, But there's also a really incredible study by Endow, E-N-D-O-W, where they talk about the feminine genius. There's the Focus Bible Study on Feminine Genius. Um, Those ones are great. Uh, There's also just a lot of books out there, actually, on the feminine genius. One I'm reading right now is called The Authority of Women in the Catholic Church, and it's more theological. kind of like heavy, not like an easy read, uh, but that one is really good. It really enters into that. Uh, Other ones, a lot of people online have been lately talking about, uh, what is it, Anti-Mary Exposed, if you've seen things about that by Carrie Gress. Um, It's actually right now being censored a lot on like Amazon and Facebook and Instagram, but it's talking about how, um, specifically the feminist movement today and how that attacks our feminine genius and how that attacks like Mary and that desire from her. So I've actually not read it. It's on my reading list. I picked or my boyfriend and I picked a book a month for this year and it's one of the books we're reading this year. So um, I tell people about it all the time and I've never read it. So that's why, how you know it's good, I think. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I'm looking at my bookshelf. There's a lot out there, but I would start at those sources. I would start at like John Paul II and just like really reading that um, and you can kind of go from there. There's some awesome podcasts online. There's like Feminine Genius podcasts, um, different things. Look around on Instagram for the hashtag Feminine Genius. I feel like I find a lot of stuff through that. And um, yeah, yeah. Totally. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, of course. I know we could like definitely talk about this. It seems like 
a year long we could have be on the zoom call but uh, <laughs> yeah I totally want to just allow um the community to just discover more of this for themselves I think that's another really beautiful aspect of the feminine genius is is learning more on your own and discovering it so I just wanted to thank you so much for coming on here yeah of course thank you so much for having me and I agree it is something that is a very like personal journey and the Lord is calling us to um, enter into and he'll, he'll lead you he'll show you the way Absolutely. And I know you mentioned this at the beginning, but if people didn't catch it, um, where can others find you if they want to follow your journey? Yes. um, My Instagram account is emily.marie.glorify. I I originally had a blog called Glorify and now I don't use it anymore. (laughs) And so I'm thinking about changing the name. Uh, So just like kind of keep an eye out for that. But if you're seeing this recently, it's emily.marie.glorify. Perfect. Yeah, Yeah. you guys go give her a follow and stay tuned for any announcements she might have and any announcements the podcast may have. Um, Don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram at Barely Joy Podcast. And other than that, um, we're praying for you guys and we will see you in the next episode.